Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. September 9th, Thursday, 2021. Stand up for your country. So, President Biden, tough guy. Tough guy today on his COVID speech. Now, it is important that you understand the difference between my fact-based information that I'm about to give you and then my analysis of that fact-based information, which comes after. So some of our viewers and listeners are conflating when I report something and saying I, I endorse it or I, no. I'm gonna lay out the facts and then I'm gonna analyze the facts. That's how we always do it. But on COVID, because it's so emotional, I want you to know that. Okay, so President Biden gives a speech and he essentially says, I'm writing an executive order that commands all federal employees, including the military, to get vaccinated for COVID. About 2.5 million civilian employees and then the rest of the military. There will be exceptions, very minor exceptions, okay? Now, the president has a right under the Constitution to do that. Maybe it'll be challenged, but they'll lose. So because the president of the United States, the highest ranking officer in this country, anyone who works for him in the federal government, and that includes the military because he's commander in chief, has to follow his orders. That's as simple as it gets. So if you work for the feds, if you're in the military, you got to get vaxxed. And if you don't, they'll suspend you. Now, I don't think they're going to pay you either. I think they're going to let you go like United Airlines announced today, that if you don't get vaxxed, you're on unpaid leave. I think that the feds will do. So the remarks basically are to position Joe Biden in a way that he can take credit for COVID declining. Now, in the Wall Street Journal today, there's a front page article that says that's already happening, that it's reached its high point in the South and Florida and Texas. And that's because more people are getting vaccinated. So the more people that get vaccinated, the lower the cases are. And, you know, I know the anti-vaxxers, you're going to dispute that. There's nothing I can say. That's the data, the medical data, not only in the United States. Okay, now I know you'll say, well, what about Israel? And I, I, I can't. I can't get into the weeds on this. I can only tell you that the medical data being reported by the federal government in the United States is beyond any doubt. The more people that are vaxxed, the lower the transmission of COVID. Of course, there are exceptions. All right, so if you don't believe the federal government's data, what can I say? All right, move to another country. If you don't trust our system here, why would you want to live here? I don't know. I'm not saying America love it or leave it. I'm saying if you just don't believe anything coming out of the federal or state apparatus, you got to get out. You got to go someplace else. And I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying if that's the case, why would you stay? All right. So President Biden knows that he is perceived as being weak, and now he wants to be the anti-COVID warrior. That's what this is all about. 
It's not about um, COVID, really, because it will get under control, as I told you two months ago. It's going to start to subside because there are, and I'll give you the stat in a moment, hundreds of millions of Americans who are vaccinated. But it's important to you for you to know why this is happening today. So the cumulative effect of Biden's executive order, his speech today, tough guy Joe, um, is that if you remain unvaccinated, your life will be hell in America. You're not going to be able to do much in the next six months to a year. Private companies are going to say, we want you vexed. So you want to go to a game or a show or whatever. It's going to take a while. And not every state, not every state will do it, but most will. And if you are employed by a corporation, you can count on you better get vaxxed or you have to work from home or you're on unpaid leave like United Airlines. So I just want you to think ahead. That is what is coming. The signal is if you are unvaxxed, you are un-American. Now, I don't believe that, but that's what the signal coming from the White House is. You're putting everybody at risk. Okay. Now, the kids. So, as we reported yesterday, the COVID transmission rate among children is rocketing. And soon, the CDC, the federal agency in charge of monitoring medicines for safety and effectiveness will say children can get vaccinated under 12. That's coming. It's already here for 12 to 18, but only 15 percent of Americans aged 12 to 18 are vaccinated. Okay, so the little kids, the younger kids, they're going to be able to get that vax shortly. Once that happens and the schools in many, many states, New York, California, Illinois, the blue states, going to say you can't go to class unless you're vaccinated. That's what's going to happen. So just, again, thinking ahead. So you can learn remotely, in effect, being homeschooled by strangers, but you can't come in. Coming. Um, the justification for all of this is very, very simple, which is why the court cases will fail. So say somebody decides to sue the federal government or an individual state or a school district or whatever. This one stat put out by the federal government will wreck those lawsuits, I predict. And that stat is between January 1st and August 30th of this year, 99% of hospital admissions are unvaccinated people for COVID. 99% of all the people who went into every hospital coast to coast, all right, with a COVID diagnosis were unvaccinated. That's it. That's that proves that public safety, all right, in an emergency situation, which this is, will allow President Biden, the individual states, to do these kinds of things, to mandate and companies as well. But companies can do it without that stat. And here's another stat. In the same period of time, January 1st, 2021 to August 30th, all right, 99% of the people who died from COVID, okay, did not have full vaccination. 
99%. Now, that stat, I don't believe. And I'll tell you why. Because not all states are reporting to the CDC. It's haphazard. Most states are. But there are some um, stragglers. So I would say it's over 95% who have died. But that's, that's a little shaky to me. And I'm, I'm trying to be as fair as I can. And all the information that I've given you from the beginning of this pandemic has been accurate. Every single piece of information that No Spin News put out there has been accurate. Okay, so 173 million Americans have been fully vaccinated. There are 340 million of us in this country. So more than 50% fully vaccinated. But that includes J&J Vax, which is only a 60% protection. Moderna and Pfizer, over 90. Will there be booster shots? Yes, there will be. I don't know when, but they're going to come. It's going to be like the flu. Um, So let's sum up what we have here, because it's very important for your life. It really is very important that you see the reality of what's happening. All right. Overwhelming evidence that only the vaccine will collapse COVID. There's nothing else that will collapse it. So if you don't get vaccinated, you're at risk. It's going to be around. It's not if, it's when you get COVID. Biden wants to be a tough guy because he knows that he's getting his butt kicked in the job performance polls. And he knows how foolish he looked. Now, when I say he knows, they've told him. (laughs) Okay, is Joe Biden capable of independent analysis on himself? No. But, you know, they said this did not work out for us in Afghanistan. So now you got to be tough guy, Joe, and defeat COVID. Couldn't defeat the Taliban, but you got to defeat COVID. And finally, um, the more people that get vaccinated, the better the United States of America will be. And that's my opinion. All right, I'm telling you that. And I have said that from the very beginning. All right, Bill at BillOReilly.com, bring it on. But I have given you, I think, the best, clearest, and most fair analysis of where we stand on COVID of anybody reporting in this country. Civics poll, I don't know about this poll, but Again, I'll give it to you. More than 98,000 online respondents. Whenever I see online, I go, okay. Joe Biden job approval. So they broke it down to six states that are battleground states. And I think this is fascinating. I don't know whether it's accurate, but I think it's fascinating. Throw Arizona up there first. So Arizona was won by, what, 10,000 votes by Biden? It was very, very close. Right now, only 42% of Arizonans approve of President Biden's job performance, 45 disapprove. Texas, not a state that likes Joe Biden. Trump won it by more than five points. Approve 38%, disapprove a whopping 58%. So those of you thinking that Texas is going to turn blue... I don't think so. Georgia, another, you know, 10,000 voter for Biden, approved 38, disapproved 53. Um, 
in Georgia. Florida, approve 40 percent, disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance, 53 percent. Trump won Florida by three percentage points. North Carolina, approve Joe Biden, 40 percent, disapprove 53. Trump won North Carolina by just one percentage point. And finally, Pennsylvania, the big one, all right, 41 percent approve a whopping 51 percent of citizens in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania disapprove of Joe Biden's job performance, according to this poll. All right, Biden won by three percentage points there. So you can see, and Joe Biden can see, if they have a big, big chart that they can wheel in to the Oval Office and say, hey, uh, this is really not going our way now, uh, not only in the overall uh, where it's low 40s, his job approval rating, but in this, these six vital states, you're getting your butt kicked. And that's why the COVID thing is so much. Now, here's a story that uh, is a really disturbing story. So Joe Biden is firing uh, 18 Trump-appointed members of U.S. military service academic boards. And we're talking about West Point, Air Force, Naval Academy, and others. Okay, so they're a board of directors. There are two big names, and I'm going to concentrate on them. Kellyanne Conway, former Trump advisor, uh, is on the board of the Air Force Academy. And Sean Spicer, a veteran, all right, who served his country bravely and nobly, is on the board of the Naval Academy, Annapolis and Maryland. Okay, so Biden fired them all because uh, this is malicious. So this is malice, Joe Biden. And uh, then... People said, well, why are you doing that? I mean, there's no reason to do that. They're one of six board of directors. Why are you firing them? Just to be mean? Here's what Jen Psaki replied. I will let others evaluate whether they think Kellyanne Conway and Sean Spicer and others were qualified or not political uh, to serve on these boards. Uh, but uh, the president's uh, qualification requirements are not your party registration. Uh, they are whether you're qualified to serve and whether uh, you're aligned with the values of this administration. So Sean Spicer, who is certainly qualified to be on the board of the Naval Academy uh, and former spokesperson for Donald Trump, uh, he got pretty angry about this on Newsmax. Go. You know, we've got some breaking news tonight. All Trump appointees, including myself, have been kicked off the boards of the United States Naval Academy, Air Force Academy, and West Point in an unprecedented move by the Biden administration. I'm announcing tonight for the first time that I will not be submitting my resignation and I will be joining a lawsuit to fight this. Okay, so good. I'm glad that there'll be a lawsuit. Um, I don't think that uh, Mr. Spicer and others will win the lawsuit because, again, uh, the commander in chief is Joe Biden and he's in charge of the military academies. However, morally, this is wrong. It's absolutely wrong. There's nothing good about this. And again, in Biden's um, diminished state, he can't tell right from wrong anymore in my opinion, my humble opinion, all right? So Spicer and the others should sue so everybody in America knows how malicious this is. Okay, 9-11 Saturday, right? And uh, we went over the, uh, we went over the um, ceremonies uh, yesterday. So President Biden, First Lady, Barack Obama, Michelle Obama all come to New York, George W. Bush giving a speech in Pennsylvania. 
uh, and other dignitaries will be um, marking the 20th anniversary of 9-11. However, Donald Trump is doing an entertainment venue that evening. He's doing fight analysis uh, in Florida, okay, at the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, I I don't think this is a good look for Mr. Trump, uh, but, you know, that's my opinion. Uh, It's 9-11. But um, he's doing it. So, predictably, the late night guys, well done And Saturday, it happens to be the 20th anniversary of the attack on 9-11. On Saturday, President Bush will visit a memorial uh, to 9-11 in Pennsylvania. President Obama will visit the 9-11 memorial in New York. President Biden plans to visit all three crash sites. Donald Trump will be at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood, Florida. This is not a joke. Doing live in-person commentary for a boxing match. Trump is going to do ringside commentary for a boxing match in Florida. Even Rudy Giuliani took a break from Cameo to say, this is kind of sad. (laughs) Trump is going to do boxing commentary. Uh, It was like he wasn't even president and his life just picked up right where it left off. (laughs) The fight is at the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Florida. It'll be crazy when Trump walks through the door and the casino instantly goes bankrupt. Okay, so it's fair game. But the problem is they don't do that to the left. They don't do that to Biden. And you could do that all day long to Biden. Uh, And as a result, uh, Jimmy Kimmel's program has declined to less than 2 million viewers. And this is an astounding statistic. The Tonight Show, once the home of Johnny Carson, Jay Leno, now gets 1.2 million viewers. 1.2 million. And that's because traditional conservative Republican Americans are not going to watch them. Okay, go about to California. The recall vote is Tuesday. All the heavy hitters in the Democratic side going out to uh, try to convince Democrats in California to keep Gavin Newsom in office. We have two sound bites. We'll start with Barack Obama and end with Vice President Harris. Go. Hello, Californians. You've got a big choice to make by September 14th. Governor Newsom has spent the past year and a half protecting California communities. Now Republicans are trying to recall him from office and overturn common sense COVID safety measures for healthcare workers and school staff. This recall campaign is about California and it's about a whole lot more. They think if they can win in California, they can do this anywhere. Well, we will show them you're not going to get this done. Not here. Never. Okay. I can't call a race now. I had predicted early on that Newsom would be recalled, that the voters in California boot him out. It's been terrible, Governor. There's no doubt about it. Uh, But the big money has gone in. And um, now if Democrats can mobilize uh, their folks because they outnumber Republicans, I think, four or five to one in California, they could keep them. So I can't predict it. Um, vote next Tuesday. We'll be all over it. Now, here's an evil story. You know, evil, I say this occasionally, evil is present in the world. And the battle is between good and evil. Unfortunately, most people don't uh, participate in that battle. Um, you'll remember that 98 people were killed when a condominium collapsed in uh, Surfside, Florida. That's North Miami Beach. You'll remember it was a terrible, awful thing. They were sleeping and the whole building went down. Well, 
Three people in Florida have been arrested um, for obtaining credit and debit cards from the deceased and running up a tab of $45,000. Three people are Betsy Medina, Rodney Choate, Kimberly Johnson, all right, all in their 30s. And they are charged um, with uh, grand theft. And if they're guilty, and, and I hope they do time. But how evil is that? How evil is that? Okay, you may know the name Martin Duvard. You know that name? Does that ring a bell? Well, he is my co-author on the Killing series, all 10 of the Killing books, O'Reilly Dugard. Killing books are the most successful nonfiction book series of all time. 19 million copies of our books in print. Okay, 19 million. That's a lot. And uh, what people don't know is that Dugard, when he's not working with me, writes his own books. And he has a new one out called Taking Paris, the Epic Battle for the City of Lights, World War II book. In the past, Marty's written The Explorers about uh, Africa. Uh, he has written The Last Voyage of Columbus. He's written a Civil War book, Grant Lee, Sherman Davis, all that. Uh, now, again, his new book is Taking Paris. It's out this week. And I talked to my partner yesterday. Roll the tape. So, Dugard, this uh, City of Lights, uh, the epic battle for the City of Lights, going to be a big bestseller. You know why? Because my name is on your cover. My name with an endorsement. Yeah. I mean, forget about Churchill. I know you got Churchill on the cover. You got a little Eiffel Tower thing. But, but my name's on the cover. Man, that's going to sell. You know, um, I read your book. It's uh, for anybody who likes history, World War II history. And, you know, if you read Killing Patton and Dugard is co-author of uh, me uh, on Killing Patton, uh, you know that uh, France was a very intense part of World War II, but a lot of people just don't know the, the nuts and bolts. What was the most um, fascinating thing for you that you found out writing this book? I think it was the rise of the resistance. I, going into the book, I, I didn't know much about the French resistance, and I didn't know that it was just an organic group of people, people with no military skills, no weaponry who train themselves to be saboteurs, to train themselves to defeat the Germans uh, at the risk of their lives. I mean, I, I detail several of the of the, the public executions where German soldiers would stand 10 feet away in, in a firing squad and shoot these people dead. And all they wanted was, uh, was freedom and liberty. Yeah, that Klaus Barbie boy, that Nazi uh, Gestapo guy, he was in charge of tracking down a lot of those resistance people and he was successful, unfortunately, in a lot of it. And that's just harrowing. I wanted to ask you, the Nazis treated the French and the Western Europeans a lot differently than they treated the Eastern Europeans, the Poles, Ukrainians. Why, why was that, do you think? Well, Hitler saw Paris as the, as the crown jewel of his new Nazi empire, and he wanted to make sure the people of Paris felt appreciated. When he went into Warsaw, he leveled the city. He, he publicly executed tons of people. He... Uh, literally, if you were an intellectual, if you were a communist, if you were gay, you were dead. Uh, and then they, they knocked down cathedrals. They, they just basically destroyed the country. Whereas with Paris, the, the Parisians made it an open city. So the Germans literally just marched in. Hitler himself toured Paris afterwards, looking at all the priceless works of art. And then he plundered the city, uh, taking a lot of those works of art back with him to Germany. 
but he largely wanted to make sure Paris was the vacation spot for all of his soldiers um, during their leave from the front. So you would have Nazi soldiers go to Paris, take the train to Paris, so direct from the front, walk around the city with cameras around their necks and, and really enjoy the city like tourists. Yeah, so he didn't, and he did the same thing in Rome as well. Uh, he didn't destroy Rome. Um, so when the Germans who were at the front fighting, they needed a break, they went to Paris and that led to a rise of a lot of collaboration with the brothels and, the, you know, what soldiers uh, unfortunately sometimes do. Uh, you, you don't get into that too much, but you did say there was a lot of collaboration between some French and the Nazis, whereas there was the resistance and the collaborators. Now, after after the Nazis got kicked out of there, the French went after the collaborators with a vengeance, correct? You know, it, it was kind of unequal because, yes, they did, first of all. You know, women who were, who were prostitutes or who, you know, 50,000 women in Paris gave birth to a, a German child during the war. So it's not like it was an isolated incident. And what's, what's strange is that during the war, Nobody talk, talked about being a member of the resistance because that could get you killed. But after the war, so a lot of people are too afraid to be part of the resistance, but, and they would prefer to be a collaborator because that would get them more food, that would get them maybe a better place to sleep at night. Right. After the war, a lot of these people all of a sudden began claiming that they were part of the resistance when, in fact, they had nothing to do with it. Right. And it was a uh, pretty harrowing uh, civil situation. So you must have been lonely writing this book alone uh, without, without me and my um, brilliant presence, correct? <laughs> you know, you, you laugh, but it's actually really true because after 11 years of back and forth three times a week on the phone with you, to actually write a book and to not have anybody to say, hey, what do you think about this? How do we fix this? How do we make it better? What should we add to it? All the little the things, you know, or, you know, one of the things I tried to do to make it to recreate our work uh, situation, it was to read each page out loud, you know, before I would kind of, you know, print it out, read it out loud, but I don't have your voice. So when <laughs> I miss the O'Reilly voice reading the pages out loud. Oh yeah, sure. But it is true that you are the most successful nonfiction co-author of all time, along, along with me, I say humbly. Um, DeGard and I also finished our next killing book called uh, Killing the Killer is a Secret War Against Terrorism. And it was supposed to come out in uh, November, but because of COVID, the printing plants could literally not print the book. So it'll be out early 2022. Now that book was so hard to write, and I think you would agree, because you, you were weeping telling me how hard it was to write and research, because we, we literally got we literally got classified information that we had to vet. We had to vet it. And I mean, I know I'm going to wind up in, in federal prison. You'll probably skate. You'll say, oh, Riley did it. But there's so much, so much information in killing the killers that nobody has any clue about. And it was a grueling process. And I'm, I'm glad it's over, but I'd like to get that book out as soon as I can get it out. You know, uh, first of all, you and I are usually uh very very simpatico and it's and, and we're never uh, getting at each other but we we got a little testy in this book it was there was a lot of pressure um but also too some of the people that you know through your influence that we were able to to interview for that book 
I mean, these, the background we got from these people at the, you know, I'm not going to reveal the level, but I mean, these were people who knew what was going on. They know where the bodies are buried and to be able to interview these people and really get a, a sense of uh, what the world of terror is like was fantastic. Yeah. And I, I mean, it, was, it is stunning the amount of information. This was the most difficult book to write. Would you agree with that? The most difficult killing book? Well, you know, the, first of all, the terrorists obviously aren't going to share information with us. And so that makes the research hard. And then the intelligence community obviously isn't going to share intelligence with us. So that makes the research hard. So basically, you know, I had to dig harder than I've ever had to dig from a research point of view. And then you, you were trying to really craft a very, very tight narration. So we just, we trimmed it down. We made it as fast as possible. And it was just, it was just this, this constant uh, refining of the book that made for a very uh, high pressure writing environment. But yeah. in the end, it's worth it. You know, the readers are going to like it. I think people will be stunned uh, when they see how actually bin Laden, al-Baghdadi, Soleimani, how ISIS was defeated, exactly how, exactly, precisely how. I think they're going to be stunned. So anyway, good luck with uh, the epic battle for the City of Lights. Martin Dugard, Penguin is the publisher. Uh, O'Reilly is on the cover as he should be. All right, Marty. <laughs> Have fun out there in California. Don't buy too much gas. You know, it's like $80 a gallon now. <laughs> it's, it's good to see your smiling face. <laughs> Catch up soon. Okay, so I hope everybody will check out Taking Paris, the epic battle for the city of life. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its free fall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD, Two six five five three two. This day in history. Oh, this is a great story. I love this story. September 9th, 1956. All right. 65 years ago, a young musician showed up on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was enormous. For those of you who weren't around at the time, Ed Sullivan Show, huge. And that young musician's name is Elvis Presley. Go. All right, now, the camera stayed above Presley's waist because in the musical parts, when he wasn't singing, he was writhing around. He was moving those hips, and the girls in the audience were screaming. 
So the Ed Sullivan people said, mm, you can't show this, but everybody got it. And that led to a huge controversy. Pastors across the country demonized Elvis, said he was immoral, all right? But the result was that Elvis became the biggest rock star in history, all right? The king of rock and roll. And that all began 65 years ago today. Okay, so we got a good mail segment, and then I'm going to show you in the final thought uh, my reporting on 9-11 20 years ago. We have the tape from The Factor, and we're going to show you some of it. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's go to the mail. David Barber, New Iberia, Louisiana. Mr. O'Reilly, I have four brothers who did not get the vaccine. All of them got COVID. I did get the vaccine and have not gotten COVID. My four sisters did get the vaccine and did not get COVID. Please pass this along to your listeners and let them know that you are telling them the truth. Wow. Nine kids in your family, David. And I'm sorry about your brothers. Gary, message board. Kids testing positive does not mean kids are getting sick. Gary, Gary. If a child tests positive, you're correct. It doesn't always lead to an illness for the child, but the child can spread the COVID. I don't understand this. Charles Klackhoff, concierge member, and Charles has direct access to me. Mr. O, is there any proof that Pfizer delayed the release of the vaccine to hurt Donald Trump politically? They did not delay the release of the vaccine. They delayed the announcement of the vaccine that it was coming. That announcement could have been made about October 15th, but the executives at Pfizer held it back. And yes, there is proof they did that. Uh, Rick Berger, Massapequa Park, New York. Mr. O'Reilly, your closing thought about anti-vax people not listening to facts was spot on. However, you ended it with a comment that people who choose not to be vaxxed are putting themselves at great risk. Why didn't you say It's equally important they're putting everyone at risk. I've said it over and over and over and over again, but I am appealing to the primal instinct of all human beings, self-protection. Okay, Al. Bill, you seem to think 20 years in Afghanistan was long enough. Considering the situation there now, it was not nearly long enough. 20 years is peanuts, considering how long we've been in Europe and the Far East. Al, did you just start watching me here? I said they should have let it a residual force at Bagram to control what was happening in the country. And air power should have been used to beat back the Taliban. I clearly said that, not just once. Tim, 
You keep saying Donald Trump's presidency was controversial, but it was only controversial because the elites and media rejected his legitimate election and he had to endure an unprecedented attack from everyone. That's not quite true, Tim. That's not quite true. So Donald Trump was attacked in a blatantly unfair way from the very beginning. That's true. And he reacted in a way that was filled with anger. And that was justifiable. I would have done the same thing had I been President Trump. But Donald Trump took on unnecessary controversies and used Twitter to stir up a lot of stuff that didn't do the country a lot of good. So that is the accurate portrayal. Susan, concierge, remember climate change is another way for the progressives to control us, we the people. I'm not saying we shouldn't be mindful of the environment, but we need to put it in perspective. You are absolutely right. Climate change is being used to change the USA's economic system. No doubt about it. Edward Whitehurst, Florence, Arizona. I plan to attend the history tour with you and President Trump in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on December 11th. I'm just flying in to see the show that day and have to be back at the airport at 5.45. Your show starts at 3. Will there be a warm-up act or will you and President Trump start at 3? We'll probably start at 3.15 because we got to get everybody in. It's going to be an enormous crowd uh, on uh, December 11th. So you're, it's tight for you. If you can put the flight back, I would. And no warm-up act. <laughs> I, mean, I, got, I mean, I'm doing... Two hours and 20 minutes, and included in that's a little intermission. And I don't, that's not enough time. I got so many questions to ask. Throw up the uh, Trump schedule. We want everybody to come see these shows. This is once in a lifetime. This is a once in a lifetime. You'll never see anything like this. All right. So if you can take the time, fly in, see the shows, you will thank me. I guarantee it. Okay. Um, killing Mob, Killing Crazy Us, buy them together, 40% off on BillOReilly.com. Um, plus, you get free five Stand Up For Your Country bumper stickers. We're going to have a new bumper sticker next week. It's going to knock your socks off. You're going to love it. Uh, when writing to me, again, Bill at BillOReilly.com, do not be a poltroon. There's a word you can use every day. P-O-L-T-R-O-O-N, poltroon. Right back with a final thought about how the factor 20 years ago covered the opening of the terror attack that day. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. <clears throat> 20 years ago, I was working for the Fox News Channel, The O'Reilly Factor, um, which was 
the most successful cable news program of all time by far. And I was home on Long Island um, watching FNC when I saw the tape of the first plane crash into the World Trade Center. I knew it was terrorism right away. Others were saying, oh, maybe it's an accident. I, I, I knew it wasn't. Then the second plane. And immediately I mobilized and I couldn't get into Manhattan because the NYPD closed down every way in to Manhattan. You could not get in to that island. So I had to go out to Long Island to Woodbury to do my show in a studio out there. So I'm going to show you a minute of the opening factor 20 years ago on 9-11. Hi, I'm Bill O'Reilly reporting tonight from Long Island. Thanks for watching, and we continue now with Fox News Channel's continuous coverage of the terrorist attack on America. I'm approximately 30 miles away from the Fox Studios in Manhattan because authorities have sealed the island, and this is the closest facility I could get to. Not since Pearl Harbor has there been so much national rage, but this time the object of our anger is not so clearly defined. With so many innocent Americans dead and injured, it is natural and correct for all of us to seek justice and be preoccupied with hunting down, to use President Bush's term, those cowards who have slaughtered American civilians. In the next hour, we will bring you non-interrupted coverage of the human toll of this sneak attack. We have scores of correspondents standing by to bring you anything that breaks, and we will hear from some of the people whose lives have been altered forever. It is impossible for any news agency to convey the pain that the families of the victims are feeling tonight. Even though it has been said a thousand times, prayer and sympathy are the only things we can give them. The United States is the most powerful nation the world has ever seen, and tonight that power is being harnessed to combat the brutal killers that have caused the destruction you're looking at right now. So, um, I'm proud of that commentary. I, I think I wouldn't change a word of it 20 years later. Um, I've told you that in my town on Long Island, um, immense suffering, dozens killed, their children went to school, they came home, and mom and dad were dead. I mean, it's just staggering to think about it. Um, I wrote a book. It'll be out early next year called Killing the Killers, The Secret War Against Terrorism. And I did that because I want you to know, and the stuff in the book you don't know, I want you to know how your country reacted to 9-11, the truth. And it is a proud legacy. So um, that book's coming out, and uh, I want to tell you about it. Again, on Saturday, I'm going to say prayers for the poor families that suffered here, and the suffering still continues to this day. Thank you for watching us tonight. Check in with us, please, over the weekend on BillOReilly.com. We'll see you again on Monday.